Like Fun is a craft beer and comedy podcast that offers a brief respite for women and men with real responsibilities. Featuring Greg, a tall, dark, everyman who knows what he likes, and Josh, Like Fun's resident beer quality expert. Together, our hosts take you on a journey of inebriated mirth so wondrous, it will feel as though you are having something like fun. Like Fun is not for kids. Unless those kids are from Wisconsin and accompanied by a legal guardian. If that's the case, come on, kids. Have a seat, throw one back, and listen up. Because life is too short not to like fun. And welcome to another episode of the show that uh, uh, is is about beer and f- positivity and has Josh. <laughs> That's right. I think, you, I think you had him at... at uh... Where did I have them, Josh? At uh. <laughs> uh. As always, I'm Greg. And this is Josh. And this is Like Fun. Which I didn't say earlier, and I should have said. No, you didn't. This is, yeah, this is our best opener yet. <laughs> Episode 52. We haven't done this before. Let's get it! So, uh, we are back uh, casting from the separate locations. Yep. Um, I am sitting in my living room. The cat castle, I guess. Yeah, attack zone. Yeah, I'm. I had just moments ago. I had. I think it was elbow licking my feet. I can see uh, the old cat sleeping. Oh no! Now she's waking up and looking at me. And uh, my wife is sitting on the couch. But yeah, we're hanging out and yep. uh, in the beautiful confines of Madison. You are in picturesque Sun Prairie. Beautiful, fantastic. And it's early November. It was actually not terrible. Out as as far as the weather goes today, yeah, It'd be like th- three days of gl- of gray, of just real pale, gross. It's yeah, wet. And, yeah, it's killing me. the uh, The students show up just in terrible moods when the weather's bad. It's yeah. like all it takes is uh, a light drizzle, and their moods are affected <laughs> in ways where they they don't actually understand what they're doing, but they know that they hate me. <laughs> that's that's what Rain does. They're like, God, I, I just don't know what it is, but I feel like something just tipped me over the edge, and I'm really going to take it out of Greg today. Like, I'm going to just have my pound of flesh. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what bad weather does for me. Maybe it's a sign of respect. Maybe they think that you're the thunder god, Poseidon, and you... <laughs> control their fate and <laughs> what the weather is like i will say that uh it's a great it's a great job <laughs> it's i'm so grateful all the time i don't even need to drink <laughs> always um reopening uh, reopening greg i think i heard a, a pop top i did uh so i am actually drinking a uh homebrew cider that a neighbor gave to me, a friend of the show, and nice. a co-worker of mine. I am drinking his very dry homemade cider. And I am drinking it out of my uh, grandfather's Kessler's shot glass that commemorates the 1969 Green Bay Packers and uh, Wisconsin Badgers schedules. No. 1969 Kessler shot glass, which is one of my most prized possessions. Sweet. What are you drinking? Uh, I was drinking a uh, a moment ago uh, a uh, Moon Man, uh, just a plain old uh, Nuclearis Moon Man. I have just opened a uh, Stillwater Artisanal Micro. 
um, which I was lucky enough to come upon at Woodman's. Just, uh, they, you know how like Woodman's, they keep all the fun stuff like behind the bench. Yes. Uh, yeah. Quick, quick tip for Madisonians and, and I guess maybe, um, people who are in uh, Northern Wisconsin where they, there's a few other Woodman's. If you go to the main cashier at a liquor, at their liquor store and look behind, um, like where they keep the cigarettes and stuff, mm-hmm. there's usually a tiny shelf where they keep like really specialty or limited edition type things, you know, like your, um, shorter run Kentucky bourbon stouts and anything from Stillwater, uh, anything that's limited edition for Surly or, uh, Three Floyds, for example, ends up there. Um, unless it sells out, obviously. But. Interesting. I, uh, yeah. I was just having some of their stuff. They have that, uh, quite a bit of that at Brasserie V on Monroe mm-hmm. Street. <clears throat> and, uh, I was just having so uh, the the guy who gave me the homebrew. We actually uh, did some brewing together. Uh, we got together yeah. last weekend and brewed up what we thought was a pretty original uh, beer idea. Yeah, pretty tell us about it. pretty original. Uh, I figured there would be something out there like it, but we uh, we brewed a oatmeal or like an oat uh, IPA with mm-hmm. lactose. So we were kind of gunning for the the milkshake IPA kind of uh, your very smooth IPA. Yeah, you're referring to uh, the Untitled Art yes milkshake, which is like a weird. It's a weird IPA, but it actually it works pretty well. Yeah, yeah, the um, lactose thing uh, is fun. It's it, it yeah. gives it that sort of smoothness and sweetness that you you know you get out of the. Out of something like a big frosted milkshake. Uh, mm-hmm. For ours, we did the oats in it to try and give it a little bit of a different flair. And now we are dry hopping it with uh, actually a bag of cranberries in it as well. So for the for the holidays. Sweet. So we're doing a, a sort of an oat cranberry IPA with lactose. And we haven't really decided what it's going to taste like because we haven't tasted it yet. But um, I think the name will flow shortly thereafter. But... I was at uh, Brasserie V having a Stillwater Artisanal Ale, and I was reading it, and I realized that uh, it is essentially the exact same thing that we brewed, Sans, or Sans Cranberry. It's called <laughs> The Cloud, which is their uh. Uh, uh, American IPA brewed with uh, oats and lactose. So it's very, very close to what we were trying to do. This one is um, actually a little bit out of the wheelhouse for them. It's just a... A uh, 4.5% citrus-centric American pale. Um, I really like Stillwater because they, it seems like they spend a lot of time um, with both branding and recipe development. It seems like stuff comes out really staggered. You know, you only see one or two of their um, packaged beers out at a time and uh, maybe a little bit more of a mixture in kegs at various bars. But everything I've had from them is, like, really good. Like, this is a phenomenal um, lighter American pale or extra pale. Mm. It's, uh, you know, just, you know, I mean, like, it's nothing special where usually their stuff is, like, pretty neat. Like, we didn't, were you here when we tried the uh, um, uh, rice liquor um, IPA? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, a great beer, a really cool idea, and it executed well. That's yeah, but that's I mean that was right in my wheelhouse, the Asian yeah. inspired uh, beer. That's yeah. that's all you got to say to me, and I'll be like, I don't even have to taste it. I love it. Put my face on. Yeah, yeah, and the packaging was amazing. You know, everything about it was you know like I think it's like what a lot of brewers wish they could do. You know, a new beer every couple of months, new packaging, new. Uh, R&D, you know, they, I feel like they probably do several pilots before they uh, scale. So, yeah, so I'm happy with it. Um, and the nice thing about Woodman's is they don't gouge. It, it was it was at market rate, you know. Yes. Eight or, you know, nine or ten bucks for a four-pack of pints. Yeah, which that's, isn't well, that's, I mean, cheapest beer in town, Woodman's. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually I'm talking to uh, the gentleman that I brewed with uh, a couple of weekends ago, and 
we were going to brew again, and I'm wondering if you're ever going to get back in on the action, Josh. Are you gonna Are you gonna brew again anytime soon? That's That's a good thing to wonder. Right now, my garage <laughs> is is full of plywood and uh, uh, the remnants of an old Catholic basketball court. Okay, so that's um, an interesting I'm, recipe. I'll be fascinated yeah. to know what you're what you're planning on whipping up with that. Yeah, uh, I'm whipping up a big. Uh, dining room table right now, okay. and the uh, the space isn't an issue. I could probably do both. It would just be an extra complication. So I think at the end of November, when this table is in my uh, dining room and not taking up uh, where my car usually parks, I will <laughs> uh, buy a light bulb for my fermentation chamber, which will remain in the uh, um, garage. The garage. Yeah, and uh, or the car hold, depending on where <laughs> the country you're from, and uh, fire up the um, this uh, 15 gallon kettle that I bought shortly before moving, assuming that I would be using it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you haven't and used have it yet, once. Have, have not used it <laughs> once. I think I tested it with non-boiling water one time, just to make sure that it would hold, because um, it has a, a hot back and a spigot at the bottom so I don't have to actually pour 10 gallons of product into a... I don't know if you remember it when we used to homebrew, someone would have to volunteer to pour the uh, five or six gallons yes. um, into the carboy funnel. Yeah. No longer. <laughs> but yeah, I would say by the end of November, I'll be back on pace and doing um, 10 gallon batches split between two carboys at least once a month. And we'll have fun talking about that. Um, but I saw your setup. It looks pretty neat. Are you, you're using the uh, sous vide to control temperature during the mash. That's yeah, pretty sweet. that was really cool. That was uh, that was Jason who I was brewing with. I uh, looked it up online when he suggested it, and because I I originally had thought that the sous vide you could damage it by having that kind of liquid flow through it if it was contaminated liquid. You know, not well oh. contaminated is a strong word, but if it if it wasn't just water. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know how that might uh, damage the uh, the pump or the motor that's inside of it or the heating element. But the online community seems to think that it's completely fine. So, plus, it wasn't huh. my sous vide; it was Jason's sous vide, so I, I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, but it appeared yeah. to work really well; maintained a very nice constant temperature, which was really cool. Yeah, it's a perfect device for brewing a bag. So, um, for all of you potential. Homebrewers out there, if you have a sous vide, um, that's definitely one way to do it. If you, I mean, if you already have that and you only want to do small batches, that's like a perfect way to get it done. Um, brewing a bag is like a really good entry level way to brew because it doesn't take a lot of extra equipment up front. Um, you can try to maintain temperature with your stove as well. You just won't get as consistent results. But uh, a sous vide is a really good way to uh, get the same or better um, consistency compared to like using what I use. I use a big cooler. Yes. I bring water, water, water up to temp and then mash in, in a big cooler and the cooler holds, you know, within one degree um, for the hour or the 120 minutes, whatever your mash is going to be. Sure. Um, But yeah, sweet. Anyway, do you want to jump into a quick what's good, or do you want to jump right into the reader? Uh, I can. We can do a what's good. Let's do a what's good. What's good with you, Josh? Uh, what is good with me is the creep. It's here. It's creeping. Christmas. Uh, Christmas creep. Oh, the Christmas creep. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's back again. It started on I think the first Christmas product I saw on the shelves was November second. But we could go on Sunday, and I, you know, I used to hate Christmas. I could go, I could go on and on about like between my senior year of college until I was maybe two or three years out of college. I just despised the season. But something changed at some point, and now it's like my favorite time of year. I, uh, I cannot get enough of all the stupid garlands and decorations and promotions. Like I recognize that it's silly. And a uh, waste of time and money, but, you know, I might actually, like, buy some Christmas decorations this year outside of the tree. Yeah. So that is what's good with, good with me. You know, Celebration Ale 
didn't used to care for it, you know, maybe like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now I always buy a six pack of Celebration by uh, Sierra Nevada. I just don't like wet hops that much. Uh, but, uh, theirs is toned down enough to where I can say like, oh, this is, this is okay. All right. Um, so that's, what's good with me. (laughs) What's good with you, Greg? Uh, it is (laughs) not my seasonal affective disorder. It is, I, you know, I had a, I had a different one, but I, as we got to talking about Mobcraft, I logged onto their website and they, uh, for each of their beers, it looks like they actually, I mean, and it makes sense, but they post the recipe. Yeah. Yeah. Scaled down for a five gallon batch so that it would be easy for the home brewer to make uh, clones of any of their beer, which I, I knew that they sort of were a, uh, I mean, they're crowdsourced obviously, but yep. they are built like a large, homebrew organization, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and the fact sweet. that they post that recipe for you with uh, the special ingredients, the malt bill, hop regimen, yeast, gravity, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I, I think that's awesome. That's a really neat yeah. thing that they do. So that's what's good with me. I like that. Way to go, Mobcraft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I just popped a new beer, by the way. I'm drinking a uh, Kentucky... Vanilla barrel cream ale, and I'm about to punch elbow in the face if he doesn't get off the fucking table. All right, there we go. <laughs> elbow, by the way, is Greg's cat for you new listeners. Uh, okay, I sprayed him a lot during our last face to face. He was up on uh, the counter earlier, like almost getting into food. And I held him down and sprayed him with the spray bottle of water. I was so pissed. And then he scratched me, and I'm bleeding now, so he he had the last laugh. Yeah. Well, you know, Greg, that my uh, offer to pasteurize your cat still stands. (laughs) All right. Didn't we have a segment about to come up? Yeah, uh, we have uh, some awesome, it's it's early November, thus the November edition of Customer Comments at the Willie Street Co-op is out. Ooh. And there are a ton this time around, just a ton. You, um, and you not, spent more time in it than I have, so you should yeah. lead us to the, the real, the straight dirt, as it were. Yeah. All right, so there are a ton of these. Um and God bless the staff down at uh, Willie Street Co-op, especially the ones who have to deal with these, because the grand majority of these, and there are, we'll go through um, all of them in order and then focus on a couple of them, but they're, they're just demands, just straight up, like, give me this. <laughs> uh, so do you want me to go through, like, the crazy demands that people have first, and then we'll focus on, like, two of these? Yeah, that sounds good to me. So, uh, starting with um, soy-free eggs, you know, which of your eggs have soy, which ones don't? Um, Climate change donations, instead of being asked to donate, couldn't you make people donate? Sushi for breakfast, I want sushi for breakfast. (laughs) Um, Bring back the scones, I want a particular blueberry gluten-free scone. Battery collection. Scone, by the way. Yeah, scones. Battery collection, why don't you collect batteries at Willie Street East? Scharfenberger chocolate, why don't you no longer send 99% Scharfenberger unsweetened dark chocolate at the East location? Talking turkey, I know that you guys sell turkeys for Thanksgiving, why don't you sell them for Christmas? Uh, menu postings, <laughs> why, why are there no menu, menu postings at Willie Street East? Find a co-op, I'm moving to St. Louis, where can I find a co-op? Um, I'll skip this one because it's really good and we'll do that one later. Milk in plastic. Uh, that's a good one too. We'll do that as well. <laughs> charging stations. Why are there no charging stations at the Middleton location? Um, it's one free. Really nice one it's where- free at Festival Hy-Vee and Coles, Josh. Yeah. And most Madison parking lots have places where you can park for under 50 cents an hour and charge up your car. Mm-hmm. Regardless, regardless. Plastic bag collection. Why is there no longer plastic bag collection at the Middleton location? Willie Street exit reminders. Please post a sign 
um, regarding the exit on Elmwood, where the speed limit should be 25. Uh, they meant miles per hour, I'm pretty sure, but they wrote miles per gallon. So I think they're really just <laughs> Those, thinking you about... Know, the folks at the Willie Street Co-op, they, they don't ever want to censor their membership. Yeah. They let them shine in all of their typo-ridden, all-caps <laughs> glory, if they yep. choose. If they so choose. <laughs> and then finally... North electric vehicle charging. Is there any time frame for vehicle charging at the north location? Second, second question, different location. <laughs> Same question. So just, and all, I read through all of these and, uh, Kristen Moore for the most part gives them great answers. You know, the person who wanted sushi for breakfast, they got her sushi for breakfast. You know, it wasn't even really a complaint. It was just like, I came in and demanded sushi for breakfast and they made it for me. And Kristen Moore was like, awesome, thanks so much. It made my morning to read that you got your sushi for breakfast. What a sad life Kristen yeah. <laughs> must live. <laughs> and also, kudos, I'm using the word hankering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Kirsten. So, um, let's see here. To, to let's go to the ones we're really going to dig into, which so, are great. And, and this is uh, the one you're going to start on here. I I have so many questions and so many comments and just it's it makes me apoplectic that somebody would write multiple sentences about this issue to a human being who then has to respond to you essentially. But go on. And yeah. So this particular question or concern is entitled Raisin Issues. Like dried grapes, like the California raisins. Oh, raisins! <laughs> yes. For many years, I have bought lots of your raisins at the West Store. I have not been able to buy your raisins for the last few months. They are now all stuck together in one clump in each bag, which does not work for making raisin bread. <laughs> Can you imagine a piece of a, a loaf of raisin bread where all of the raisins just exist inside in a giant, <laughs> in a giant I- fig Newton like mutant chunk? Can I say that this would this the type of person that makes raisin bread is the type of person that calls or that that uh, writes in the type of person yeah. that makes I don't know like cinnamon rolls <laughs> yeah. is not writing in to the Willie Street Co-op. Uh, okay, it continues. It goes on. I happened to be by the Willie Street East store and saw that the bags of raisins were not stuck in one clump, so I bought many, many bags. So I'm wondering why there are good raisins at the East store and only raisins which are stuck together at the West store. I certainly hope that this situation could be changed. Thanks. <laughs> okay. All right. So I, I must point out that the response is wild. Yeah. <laughs> the answer to this question is insane. They did like an environmental study to get the information to this person who was fucking pissed that their raisins were stuck together. That's what they were upset by. And they were more upset, they were more irked at the gall of one location to have loose raisins. (laughs) Yeah. Than the West location, which has clump raisins. And I am blown away at the response here. And this is by a new person. This is by, I don't believe we've seen this this particular employee before. Uh, No. Um, But I got to tell you, Greg, since adolescence, as far back as I can remember, so if we're not counting uh, middle school, I got to tell you, I could count... On my fingers and perhaps maybe toes, the number of times where I've sat down to to more than a smattering of raisins. Like, yeah, like incidental raisins. Yeah. Like, Occasional yeah. trail mix, I might imbibe <laughs> several raisins. <laughs> but, like, when you're like, hmm, raisins. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to sit down in one of those red boxes with probably a racist image of a Spanish lady on it and eat, and eat the whole thing. Eat them all down. Let's let's name the grape products that come before raisins, shall we? Let's count okay, them down. Yeah. All right, number one, wine. Wine. <laughs> number two, grapes. Grapes. <laughs> number three, uh, fucking schmuckers. <laughs> yeah, jelly. 
then I would have to say uh, grape juice. Oh, God, that's good shit. Yeah. Good for you, you, too. If, yeah, before you go with, um, you know, some emodi or not, what is that? Uh, is it emodium AD that, that prevents diarrhea? Prevents or causes? Uh, emodium whatever. prevents. It's good for both. <laughs> Grape, when I had my juice. surgery and I was all stopped up from the painkillers, I'll tell you what, that's a prune juice. That's a prune yeah. juice job. Prune juice. That's a, that's a, you know, that's the difference between like Drano and Drano Ultra, you know. <laughs> it, it, it worked. If it's just, if it's just some hair and cum, you can get grape juice. <laughs> but if there's like a sock in there, you're going to need prunes. Anyway. <laughs> Jamie Acox? Acox? Acox, I believe. I believe it's pronounced A. Because it's one C. It's spelled cock like the rooster. (laughs) After, and then there's, it's a single A. So that means that the A is strong, as far as I can tell. So Acox. Yeah. Who is the kitchen director? That's a position that I, you know, we just have not had the, uh, opportunity nay pleasure to hear from yeah, in yeah. our in our <laughs> deep dark travels through the speaking co-op speaking of which readers yeah speaking of which we would we would die we would kill and we haven't i haven't contacted any of these people but <laughs> we would love to have Kristen moore or jamie on the show and you can tell us exactly how to pronounce your awesome last name but continue greg so the the solution to the racing issue. By the way, it's not issues. It's one issue. It's one, one issue. Raisin issue. I have an issue with raisins at one location. They clump. And uh, so I'm going to read part of the response here. And this is lovely. Thank you for the comment. I Is this really a comment? Like, as you pointed no. out earlier, it is a demand. It's a demand. Uh, I certainly hope this situation could be changed. Thanks. Like, that, no exclamation point anywhere to be seen. This is a very... Uh, uh, this is someone who doesn't understand the email yeah. era. This, they don't it, get it, email tone. D- it, does it read more like, I, you know, I hope this is, is uh, <laughs> a thing that maybe in the future, you know, could be rectified, or does it read like, I certainly hope it puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> I certainly hope it doesn't get the hose again. <laughs> so Jamie, Jamie does her best. Getting back to this, uh, we're going to say this person lives on their own. <laughs> I'm going to say this lonely adult. <laughs> she goes, I'll, thank you for the comment. I'll, I like to imagine that she lives or, or he lives out on the uh, outskirts of Atwood. Just baking their own raisin bread every week, you know. I I like my raisin bread. I like it in the toaster. A lot of people like it with butter. I don't care. I think that's decadent. I don't, I don't need that butter. I don't need that extra. I like oh, my yeah. dry raisin my, bread. My my raisin bread stands on its own too. <laughs> All right, but Jamie says thank you for the comment. We have finally, finally, she says, <laughs> identified the problem with the west side raisins sticking together. <laughs> the east side packs most of theirs on site. Uh. The production kitchen packs all the rest and they ship out the sites uh, out to the sites from there. It turns out we that we had a much higher humidity in our packing area which was causing our packed raisins to warm up slightly and then stick together listen that they did this level of investigation over motherfucking raisins <laughs> is unbelievable it makes me want to shop at the co-op it honestly yeah. does uh and What's more, they go on to fix the problem. <laughs> they actually changed the uh, environmental conditions in their packaging facility so that it wouldn't happen in the future. And and Jamie just says, best. 
Jamie. Like, she, yeah. she's the best. Way to go, yeah. James. My response would read as follows. Thank you for your comment. Have you tried shaking the sticky raisins? <laughs> best. <laughs> Josh Falks. Smack him with a hammer or something yeah. else heavy. Yeah, bro, you know, do, do like get your little uh, fish fingers in there and swirl them around. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, do you lack the constitution to stir up your raisins? <laughs> it's get your shit together. <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> they should let us write the answers for one month. Like that in would April be on- that would be incredible. Like a guest Twitter. Like we, oh, we guest host their Twitter, except we guest respond to their yeah. <laughs> their comments. Yeah. <laughs> so I have one raisin story, and it's the best raisin story that I have ever heard. Go on. <laughs> one time, my grandparents, who is uh, my grandfather, who is I had his Kessler shot glass that I was just drinking cider out of earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. My grandparents were big uh, uh, Raisin Bran eaters. They loved yeah. Total Raisin Bran. Do you remember Total? Nobody nobody I eats do. cereal anymore, so. No. Um, but he, because you can get all your daily vitamins and minerals from a bowl of Total. Apparently, yes. And then, <laughs> and then realize a moment later that you're very hungry. Yes. <laughs> but. They ate a lot of Total Raisin Bran, and they got a box of Total Raisin Bran. And here's the fun thing my grandparents like to do. They would take it out, and they would toast it. They would pour the entire box of Raisin Bran. Jesus. Onto a baking pan, and then toast it in the oven, and then pour it back into the box so it was extra crispy. That is something that my grandparents used to do. Wow. Uh, and one time, so the story's not over yet. One time, they opened up a box of Total Raisin Bran, and there were, can you guess how many raisins in it? Seven raisins. <laughs> there were, that's a good guess. There were zero raisins. Jeez. Zero. So that would, get, that would wrote, give me a call. They wrote a strongly worded letter. To fucking General Mills or whoever the shit. I think it's yeah, maybe post. post. It's post, yeah. I think. And they received in the mail a coupon for their very own free box of Total <laughs> Raisin Bran. That is the for best their- raisin story that I have ever heard. And you are it welcome. Only, it would only be better if it came with like a little note that said, for your silence. <laughs> That is God. that is bonkers. That is bonkers. Until every, I told every this word. story, until I told this story, I had forgotten that my grandparents used to toast their raisin bran. Anyway, uh, yeah. go on, Josh. There was one more, I think. In there's this issue. one more. It probably won't live up to. Uh, I, this one probably should have been a throwaway first, but uh, I liked it. Um, milk in plastic would okay. That, that's the title. Yes. Question. Would like to express my disappointment, disappointment that organic Valley milk is now in plastic. Please pass along. All right. Get on the milk phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's get in touch with organic Valley and tell them. Yeah, that someone they... call. <laughs> someone call organic Valley fun park and tell them that <laughs> anonymous is a- upset get, about plastic. Get Mr. Uh, Valley on the phone immediately and tell him. That you you tell them you you say org. The the, the customer they liked that glass, <laughs> like yeah. that's yeah. what it was in, right? Yeah. So so this is all all fun and games and and good goofs. Uh, but guess what they did? What did they do, Josh? They did that. Uh, oh Jesus! I, I will definitely pass your feedback on to the representative who brings the product to our grocery manager. So they're going to pass the complaint along to the dude, like the sales rep, who brings the milk in. I'm sorry, do you believe, do you believe that it is a sales rep that brings the milk? I I (laughs) Do you believe that it is a guy who drives a truck for a fucking milk company? (laughs) 
He's going to show up one day, and they're going to be like, hey, uh, what's with the plastic? And he'll be like, fucked if I know. Anyway, talk I mean, to you. See you tomorrow. Like, <laughs> my my best, mo- most realistic guess is that the guy that drives the truck for sure shine also brings the uh, organic valley milk, and it's all the same milk, because it all comes from the same... They're bucket. like, a little bit in here, a little yeah. bit in there. Yeah. <laughs> like... I can I can only imagine the industrial theme park where the the same uh, conveyor belt has you know like Organic Valley and then SureShine one percent and and uh, uh, Gurner Mills or whatever you know two percent it's all the same it's yes. all this white goop that you put in your mouth. Mm. Um, <laughs> So then he goes on to say, we only received information on this change in packaging. What Was it in old-style glass bottles before? Like, it, I, it was, I do believe. It did not have the handle, which is why that is the, the next piece of information that's shared, I believe. Yeah. Uh, packaging after the product arrived, the information we were sent speaks to the ease of the grip on the new packaging and an attractive label, and it is a good size for family. Please let me know if there's anything else I may do for you. Best Katie O'Connell Jones co-op services. By the way, a good size for family in quotation marks, because you know what? (laughs) They're not going to be responsible for that comment. (laughs) They're just passing that one back. Here you go. So what was it before? Was it like six quarts and then now it's a gallon? Yeah, Uh, probably. Probably. You know, 750 milliliters of milk. Versus one gallon of milk, probably, you know. Say, I mean, um, Jesus, you you had how many glass containers? I hope you saved one. Dump the new fucking one in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> recap it. Wash it out, yeah, sanitize just, it, use it again. It's glass. You should have yeah. seen this coming, yo. You seem yeah. like some sort of crazy person. Probably hoarding. Yeah. You should have seen want, it coming. <laughs> I want my milk like it was in the 50s. Delivered to me in a glass container by a young black man. <laughs> he'd come in, he'd goose me, we'd have a good laugh. <laughs> oh, mercy. All right, let's take a... Uh, we, we have gone far over our usual time, but it was <laughs> totally worth it. Um, I'm going to grab another drink and we're going to take a little break poo Break time! <laughs>
ice cold brand new wine This night could transcend space and time and time again All right, and we are back. And uh, thankfully, we didn't reveal our review beer. So I'd like to start this uh, segment off with a poem. <laughs> uh, if it's in a word or it's in a book, you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see, then you can make friends with a special one, a friend to you and me. <laughs> That's right. We are uh, reviewing Ale Asylum's uh, Babadook. Still into <laughs> soundboards over there. Yep. Gotta, You know, we got to catch up. With the 21st century, I think, and uh, yeah. those websites that have soundboards are <laughs> so 21st century. For sure. I mean, like, I feel like that's what aliens that recover our civilization will be <laughs> most be like, interested in. God, these guys really liked prank phone calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the Babadook uh, Ale Asylum's website describes it as a piney and resinous uh, aromas give way to flavors of blood orange rind with a touch of bitterness in the finish. This IPA is available on tap and in 12-ounce six-packs throughout Wisconsin and Illinois uh, October through November of 2017. So I might have to stock up because I really like this guy. Would that yeah, be... It's a, it's it's 7.3. Would that keep? Oh, for sure. Nice. Um, the only thing that concerns me is I was really excited to see this you know, like on the shelves, like, oh, that's a, you know, like, I wonder how they got away with calling it that. If they have like a deal with the movie folks or whatever, they mm-hmm. have like the, uh, Babadook holding like hop balloons and floating away. It's a nice, neat packaging. Another thing that I noticed about it is that it is like a new kind of can labeling. You can like tear the. Yeah, um, they, I mean, do you think that's. Because that's really affordable. It must be. So my dad can... my dad works at a plastics company, and he talks a lot about this, actually. Uh, because he does the type of plastic that you can, like, put over the top of stuff. Yeah. And you, you, can, you can inscribe it, you can put graphics on it, and put it over the top of stuff. He is enamored with this. He likes the idea of those. And Ale Asylum is not one of those places. But those places that have, like, the, the mobile canning station come in, he thinks that that's, like, a really interesting line of work. And he talks about yeah. it a lot. Probably largely because of the plastic. Yeah, super interesting. Um, if I remember, back when we interviewed Hathaway um, at Ale Asylum, I think they were talking about either using the um, the mobile canning plant before they put in a canning plant. I can't remember for sure, but... I would assume that they now can on site, and they came up with this neat way of developing and implementing packaging in a short period of time because it's it's just they have like underneath the label that you can tear off. They have their default black and orange Ale Asylum dealio, um, and they can just slap a new label on top. And that that may be the direction that they're heading. Um, yeah, because if they're just going to do, uh, you know, new releases, try and stay ahead of the market, they could do that. I mean, they that that actually might be like a part of their business plan to just have these mm-hmm. types of beers pop up, basically. Yeah, pop pop up beers, right? Is that a thing? Yeah, you know uh, what used to be, you know, like seasonals, which had to be planned super far in advance, could now just be one or two pilot batches followed by a production run. And just quickly think on your feet, what's a good way to market this, and crank them out. Yeah. You know, you could do one a month, you know, or yeah. one every other week if you could sell it. They they um, appear to be on a every two-month schedule with these. There is another one coming out, according to their website, uh, in December through January mm-hmm. called B2D2, which is an yeah. IPA, but it doesn't have a description yet. Okay, yeah, let's dive into this beer. Cool. Um, very quickly, uh, I just want to comment, you know, like, I don't know how they got this license or if they just kind of ignored the uh, license, but crazy good timing, you know, like, 
I think it was just like a month ago, I think LGBT allies picked up Babadook as kind of like a mascot. You like the Babadook with a rainbow coming out as like a thing yeah. on the internet. Oh, a um, fucking cat attacking me. What? Oh, it's Andronicus. Get out of here. Go feed on, it, Josh. Feed it to your grief. <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, beer, you know, it pours kind of a orangey... Um, well, in this lighting, it's copper, but I think I've seen it in full sunlight, and it's kind of a, a gold um, with orange, a gold with orange highlights. I would say uh, foamy, off white to white head. Um, the nose, so this is a seven point three, so it's it's a pretty heavy hitter. Um, is very uh, both bready and piney and citrusy. So, like they say that it's more pine. I would argue that it's equal, if not more, on the juicy end. Of things, I'm not a fan of juicy beers, um, but this is kind of a middle, mid-level juicy beer, mm. in my opinion. Mm. I really um, like juicy ones, and uh, this one also to me is kind of like I prefer juicy over piney, and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I get a little bit of both. Yeah, there's a little bit of both in there. Um, there's definitely pine in the nose. I think the taste has more of that uh, tropical fruit. Stuff going on, I think that's accented by the fact that it has a decent malt backbone with some slick, um, oily, maybe not, I don't know if they wet hop this or not, but there's some mellow, um, oily texture going on in the aftertaste. Mm. Um, and it's very slightly, um, acidic, I think, in the finish, which is, uh, refreshing, um, considering the body. The body's a little heavy um, for the style, but also you also have to think that's a 7.3. Um, that should be expected, you know, on this end of the IPA scale. So I'm glad that it has that malt backbone. I'm glad that it has a piney and a citrusy nose. Um, the only thing that I don't like on a personal level is that, uh, I don't know, if you want to call it juicy fruit flavor. Um, that's more on the insulting level. If I was going to take an unbiased look at it, I would say it's a fine, juicy IPA with um, a lot of the other stuff that I like. I gave it a 43. On what a, do you like, think, like, so that, that, a like, so that's on an A to B scale, so that's out of 100. So it's a failing grade, Josh. I mean, like, that, you did not like this <laughs> you, beer. You can, you can double it. It's out of 50. All right. So it's a 86. Um, and even on that scale, um, it's a high new B. Listeners, high B. It's a high B. For for listeners um, uh, who are new to the BJCP scale, generally speaking, a 40 is a fine pilot, or not pilot, a fine um, flagship beer. You know, if you go to a um, any size brewery from a uh, brew pub to a place like uh, Lagunitas, um, a, a 40 is, is a pretty good example of a style. Um, and again, we're grading on style, so this is being graded as an IPA. So keeping that in mind, so for an IPA, and if it was going to be put up against IPAs, this is, you know, in the top 20% of all um, mm. IPAs. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, I'm, just now, again, I'm just now getting the dry hopping on it, too. Like, there is a mm-hmm. subtle dry hopping. It's It's not apparent on your first sips, but you get it a little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. That that real like sort of uh, polleny polleny aftertaste. Yeah, I don't know. I I've never been able to come up with a better way. It's it's more of a a texture and a, a feeling than a flavor, but it's there. It's interesting. Yeah, and one thing that uh, I might bring up the next time we talk to Hathaway is when originally um, when Alicion came out, it was kind of a malt head facility was it not you know you had uh, amber geddon yes and um they quickly evolved into a very like everything that's coming out napalm bunny which i don't uh, think i've had yet oh you gotta have it it's really good all right i'll check it out napalm bunnies definitely put that on your list um which is double what was that one velvet bunny or something like that velvet bunny yeah so it's 9.2 wow yeah yeah it's a big guy it's the a, imperial it's a fun beer and just like with that beer, this beer drinks like super easy for a seven point three. Like it, uh, there's no high alcohol. The ferment went really well. Um, 
you know, uh, you could pass this off as like a 6% or, a, you know, maybe even a 5.5 APA, but uh, a lot of that malt in the background mm. um, makes it feel bigger. But yeah, like, I love the beer. Um, Ale Asylum rarely does me wrong. Um, you know, way to go. Yeah. That's all I feel uh, like Kudos on that. No, and, and that's yeah. a total total ditto from me. I think that they are a uh, a heck of a a heck of a reason, regional brewery. Um, I've I've rarely found a reason to complain. I have so much fun at their brewery. I think it's a yeah. weird place, and I think it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I love that bar upstairs that they have. If you get there early, you can just sort of chill out up there and get easy access. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, it's a phenomenal place. Oh, for sure. All right, Greg. Uh, I got some questions for you. Mm-hmm. You ready? Mm-hmm. If this I'm always ready, were... Josh. Okay. I'm always right. ready. If this Get it going whenever. Sure. I'm ready. <laughs> if, the, if this beer were um, trying to publish Mr. Babadook, which publisher would it choose? <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the question? It's not a great which, question. Which publisher would it choose? Yeah, which publisher? You can choose a celebrity publisher, but if you if you're knowledgeable, you know, Penguin is the only publisher that I know of. <laughs> so I read uh, a lot of King, uh, a lot of Stephen King. I've read most of what he has written. Although lately I have stopped reading for pleasure because I'm a Philistine, I guess, <laughs> as, I, as I grow older. But uh, his uh, he had a consistent publisher whose name I cannot recall. Is it Schreiber, Scheiman, and Schuster? It's Schreiber. It is Schreiber. All right. Schreiber Books. That is, that is the publisher. And... The uh, it's twofold right now. One is obviously a fine publisher of the horror genre, and yep. two, I I just have Stephen King on the mind. I watched uh, with my wife. I watched The Dark Tower earlier, and I, I just gasped in horror the entire film. Not because it was frightening. But because they absolutely butchered the Dark Tower stories, <laughs> it was terrible what they did. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> like, they they turned them into a fucking, like, paint-by-number, like, seven huge books. And they were like, yeah, let's fit this into a film, but also we need more uh, razzle-dazzle. <laughs> yeah. I was just, God damn it. But yeah, I'd go with, uh, uh, what did I say? Schreiber? Schreiber. That's them. Straight yeah. up. I knew I had to be suspicious when I, I could imagine a group of, you know, uh, people at a, at a, uh, you know, like a production, movie production desk thinking, you know, like, oh, and let's make uh, Matthew McConaughey Satan. That'll that'll go over really well. You know? God. All right. So I, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here, but let me just say that uh, it's like they read the books and they thought to themselves, God, people are so stupid. We should just explain <laughs> it to them. Yeah. <laughs> like, condense, explain, it'll be fine. It's like you fucking ignoramuses the reason why the books were popular is because people didn't like the idea of just being fucking told what was going on. Yeah. The point was you had to read so many goddamn books and he effectively held out on what was actually happening without turning it into like some big fucking, you know, like Lostian mystery. Mm-hmm. So anyway, God, I was just fucking furious. And they, they gave the man in black powers what the shit was that? He was a sorcerer, but he didn't have fucking power. He wasn't, like, manipulating glass, and he didn't, like, just go around being like, you're dead now, you're dead. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with that? That's, like, a, that's an enemy that's ridiculous. 
And at one point, Matthew he, McConaughey has just has just a throwaway line about it. He's like, "Oh yeah, uh, uh, the gunslinger has always resisted my powers." Like that's supposed to explain anything. Like, okay, so you imbued him with magical powers, and your answer to how Roland DeShane was going to finally defeat him was, uh, well, he uh, uh, he just doesn't, uh, he's not subjective, he doesn't have the, the thing that makes you have powers over you. The end. Anyway, oh, all right, I, I was Many. very angry about it, thank you for letting me get it out. Uh, Many it's not got all the into way his out. Lincoln and drove away. <laughs> anyway, all right, go on, Josh. All right. Uh, if the Babadook were a guy you could describe as this fucking guy, <laughs> who would it be? Uh, so, I really like this beer. Um, and I like it on a number of levels. I think the, the fact that they labeled it Babadook makes me like it a hefty percentage more. Like a sizable percentage more. Uh, and you, you've seen the film, Josh? Yes. All right. I am a big fan of the film. Great uh, film. Anyway, I'm going to choose to make the tone of your question be a beer that I would say, what, like, is it like this fucking guy about right. it? That's, that's why I chose it, because you can go in both directions. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, like, this fucking guy, uh, like... Uh, Paulie in <laughs> in uh, Goodfellas, like this fucking guy. I love this guy. Like this is a good guy. He he shows up at the party and everybody's excited and everybody knows he's a, he's a little bit volatile. He's a little bit volatile. It can get it can get weird, but it's like yeah. uh, everybody's excited to see him. This is a this is a good deal. You just don't want too much of him. Because it's at seven something. What we've talked about this a number of times. Seven three. So yeah. So it's like this fucking guy. Hey, have a couple of these, and then I'll probably not want any more. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. That's the. That's how I would uh, feel about this beer. All right. Uh, if the Babadook were, you know, like one of those uh, fall creep things, you know, like. Uh, those red bows that you're supposed to tie up around the top of your, uh, whatever you call that, the top of your ceiling or, or uh, nutcracker. Sure. You know, one of the one of the creep items of choice. Which, right. Right. Which Christmas creep item would it be? So I'm going to go in the reverse. I'm going to say reverse creep. This is the rotting pumpkin that you leave on your doorstep. Yeah. That's the that's so it's like it's the thing that uh, fights back the creep. Yeah, it's like it reminds you that you're actually not that far out uh, from the the holiday that are more emblematic of the literal time and place that you are because it is uh, it's because a, a rotting pumpkin as compared to vibrant garish fucking expensive and time-consuming christmas lights mm -hmm. i'll take the rotting fucking pumpkin yeah every time my i have a good uh story about rotting pumpkins so maybe like a year ago i uh i can't remember what i was watching but um martha stewart came on martha uh, yeah, I was watching. I was watching like normal television, which almost never happens. And then <laughs> an episode of Martha does this or that with somebody came on. Was and it Snoop Dogg? Was she doing something yeah. with Snoop Dogg? No, I think this is pre Snoop Dogg. Okay. Um. So I don't know why I continued to watch. Like she like rode a horse for a while, and then she decided <laughs> to carve some pumpkins. And um, but all of her tips were like really useful, um, especially the one about like to prevent rotting pumpkins. You like after you scoop it all out and you carve it and you got it how you want it. You soak it in dilute bleach for like ten minutes, and then when you put it out, that kills all the surface bacteria and mold, and it makes it last like an extra couple of weeks. Really? So now my favorite pastime is to do that. You know, in in late October, and then I put those bad boys out and I wait for squirrels to come and try my uh, <laughs> you know gas chamber. Um, pumpkin bombs and like why like 
kind of like nibble around the edge and like, oh, this is not good. And then they like try tearing it apart. Like they try tearing the face out <laughs> and eventually give up. It's uh, that is good. That is good Sunday morning entertainment. <laughs> like, look at this fucking guy trying to get some pumpkin. This fucking guy. All right. I got one more for you before we head out. All right. Hit me. Uh, if the Babadook were a crockpot dish, which crockpot dish would it be? Shit, dog. All right. Uh, if the Babadook were a crockpot dish, it would be... I I think it would be wings. I don't know if nice. that's very thematic. It's just... It's good. Mm-hmm. And you want a lot of them. But, you know, you always overshoot. <laughs> <laughs> If that makes, I don't know that uh, in my head that makes sense. Like you, this is a beer where I would sit down and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, six pack, good deal." <laughs> yeah, I'll have them all, please. <laughs> and then yeah. at the end of the night, I'll be like, "That was a Oops. terrible decision." Yeah, I've rarely I, made worse. <laughs> I don't know if this matches up with the beer, but the thing about making wings in the crock pot is like that's like just. You know, on a Friday before work, you know, you're like, I'm going to make a real mess of myself later tonight. And you just dump that Kirkland bag of wings and such into the crackpot. Oh, yeah. You dump some some Franks in there and you just (laughs) turn it on and hope for the best. You know? (laughs) So you skip the mess of um, of, uh, uh, deep frying. Yes. All together, mm-hmm. and you skip the um, potential healthiness of baking them, and also the complications of of baking them because it's hard to get a good bake. Uh, Very with the wings, you know. So it's like easy peasy, you know. Gets the job done. You can have a lot of it, and it doesn't take very much effort. Yeah. Well, and that's. I mean, honestly, can I tell you the the uh, sous vide? So we had to do wings. You sous vide oh, yeah. first, and then you and then you throw them in the oven. Yeah, uh, put them under the broiler, I would guess. Yeah, well, you can. I mean, like it's because you kind of want dry wings. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. But I was like, this is. But this, by the way, has been brought to you by the uh, Anova uh, sous vide council. Please yep. uh, use your Anova responsibly. I'm sure the check <laughs> is in the mail. <laughs> oh God, if we could get that Anova money. I'm yeah. telling you, uh, but I, I seriously, it's an it, it's a machine that I use. God, I what did I do before I had that thing? Do you have one? Do you have a sous vide? I do not. It's a uh, it's on the list. It's like because you can just you vacuum seal anything. You just dump mm-hmm. it in there, and yeah. you're like, all right, I'll have food later. <laughs> like it's just so good. Oh, and the ribs. Speaking of the. Uh... <laughs> Speaking of the creep, this year for Christmas, and we usually go out, my, my in-laws and us, we go out for a big fancy dinner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. year, we're going to take that money and put it into uh, produce and meat, and we're going to have like a little competition where like everyone's in charge of a different stage of the meal. Ooh. So a sous vide would really put me over the top, I think, if I could do some like... Well, what, know, do uh, you know what, what part of the meal you're in charge of yet? Uh, not yet, but I think I'm going to be doing appetizers. My, my... Tizzers! Uh, yeah, my... Yes, tizzers. My first idea was to do, um, you know where you take, you put it in like a, a low oven, you take like uh Parmesan or a dry cheese. Yes. And you shred it and you spread it out over like a large portion of a parchment paper. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And le- let it go until it's like just caramelized. Mm-hmm. And then take that out, really quickly cut it. And roll it into cones, Ooh. like ice cream cones, and then yeah. fill that with cheeses. Oh, you're talking and fancy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wild cheese, you know, just like getting some like cave-aged Gouda, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. Got to make it worthwhile. So if you did do the sous vide, and for yeah. the listening audience, who knows if this will be carved out, but <laughs> I would suggest like spare ribs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the uh, what you do with the sous vide is you cook them for like forty eight hours, mm-hmm. and my god, <laughs> my <laughs> fucking god, Josh, they're so good, and that's that's where you really get your money's worth out of the thing. Yeah, yeah, 
I'm sure it's a, it's an option. I don't. I kind of doubt that I'll be in charge of the main course, but spare ribs would be a good, you know, second course, third course too. So yeah. it would. It would be. It would be uh, like fun. Sure. We can't. Can't end now. We got a few thank yous to do really quick. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Thank you to uh, the uh, Whiskey Farm and uh, Horses and Hand Grenades and the Corgan Model String Band, as well as Still Hill for providing us with our music. Um, thank you to you, the listener. Just like to make a request, you know, uh, the best way that we get this podcast spread around and get more interest, interviews, and listens is uh, people leaving um, reviews on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use. You know, that and just interacting with us, you can email us. We got email on the website. Go to our website, likefuncast.com. Oh, the, the, when did you put the out. drawing up, by the way? The drawing looks good. Oh, yeah. Got new artwork up. Uh, Although I don't know how it, how well I enjoy the fact that it portrays me in, in a certain light. What? <laughs> you're drunk? <laughs> no. Or, or that you're wearing a cardigan. Oh, the cardigan part. <laughs> You know what's depressing when you're the podcast that you do, you're your only fan artist. <laughs> well, if I could draw where this shit, maybe I'd contribute. I'll put a drawing of yours up on the website. We'll put up a I'll put up a, a new page. I'll make a right. navigation I'll, bar. You remind me like, about this. I will I will make a drawing. <laughs> okay. There'll be a navigation bar in the future and like there'll be like a section on homebrewing and a section on beer reviews, and then there'll be Greg's art. <laughs> and it'll just be, like, black and white nude pictures of Greg. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, I'm supposed to do, like, a self-portrait in the nude? Yeah. I, I'm not even going to get into the fact that I had to dress up in drag recently, and it was a good story. I, I did a dance number in front of people. Uh, but, uh, you know what? That would be too much fun, and this show... Nothing about, but it makes for a good song anyway.